Hey guys, welcome to the Luke Simons podcast. On today's episode, I have Mike Thornton um, joining me today. Uh, me and him kind of go back 2016, 2017 era when we were both working in raw fitness together. Um, he was one of the, the head honcho PT, PTs there and um, I love what he was doing and I learned a lot from him as well. I actually was on his program for a little bit and I saw fucking crazy results. But Mike, thanks for coming on board, bro. No worries, man. Good um, to see you. So tell all these guys, so that's a brief introduction to me and you knowing each other, but Mike, could you kind of give us a rundown for the listeners who don't know who you are, um, a little bit about yourself, a background about yourself, how you got into the industry and what you're doing now, man? Yeah, sweet. No worries. So yeah, so I guess we'll go right from the start. So once I, um, I had a gap year at, 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 at sort of when I finished school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And did a year of commerce when I when I finished my gap year traveling and then decided that I wanted to do to become a PT. Um, so this is around 2012. Um, and at the end of 2012, got my PT cert and then got a job on the cruise ships. So when I did that for a little bit and <laughs> got run off my feet and, and learned like really learnt sales as well, which I think was as much as it wasn't a great experience, I um a lot of the skill set I learned for sales I then could bring back. Um, and then in 2013, in March, I started at Good Life Bibber Lake, spent two years there sort of learning the ropes and, and sort of just mainly learning about training systems. I, um, it was all a bit overwhelming at, at the start, like, you know, coming in as a rental trainer and suddenly three months in, you're paying rent and, you know, you're dropping sessions left, right and centre and wondering how you're going to afford rent the next week. And after sort of four or five months, I sort of um, found my feet and sort of, you know, leveraged the challenges that they run to you know, build, build a, a reasonably solid business. Um, and then after two years, moved to Raw, um, Raw and Coburn when I sort of, um, yeah, when they opened, which was I think beginning of 2015. Spent two and a half years there and that was sort of my, um, it was just a really enjoyable time that I had there. Like I sort of went from being a sort of standalone trainer to, you know, having a couple of apprentices under me and, and you, know, you know, an admin and, and sales and just basically learning how to run a show in a commercial setting. Um, so that was really cool. And I got to around about sort of mid 2017 and I decided that I wanted to, to branch out and actually try a different, um, different area. So I switched back to Good Life, um, was there for another sort of six months. And then as soon as an opportunity in the city came up, I moved to the city. Um, fortunately enough, it was sort of um, like the fitness director role, which is, which is a great way to sort of get in and sort of reestablish myself in another area. Um, and yeah, probably spent another, what was it, six months there. I sort of wanted to challenge myself with, with the FD or fitness director role to um, like really be able to w walk into any sort of gym scenario and, and work with, you know, someone who'd been there for 20 years and, and, you know, someone who has just walked out of the RTO and has no idea what they were doing. So that was the challenge I set myself to be able to, to mold into that team and, and see how well I could, could work it. Um, and yeah, sort of three, three years later, I'm, I'm still there and probably, yeah, got a really, really solid group. Um, Six months in, I realized that sort of uh, my passion was sort of not, you know, solely on training and nutrition. Like I wanted to really branch out and, and learn more. I, I found the psychology side of things more, far more interesting. So I thought I took the plunge and was like, right, I'm going to have to study this and, and, and get my degree. Um, so a big six-year commitment that I'd sort of decided to do on a whim. But yeah, look, nearly sort of finished the undergrad now. And I'm, I'm thankful I made that decision to, to actually do it because I feel like I'm Know, properly doing what I want to do but yeah it's been a, it's been a massive journey like big journey of ups and downs like some, a lot of successes and a lot of failures but um that's probably why what makes um you know 
I guess my experience for these new trainers that I'm hiring and things like that. So, so helpful is that they don't, they don't make the same mistakes I did. Um, you know, the, the systems that I've been able to teach these new guys coming in, you know, it, it works like it works with anyone. So yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a good ride in the fitness industry. It's been, it's been good. Lovely, man. And I, so on today's topics, what we're going to cover off is like business systems. That's going to be the overarching um, topic that we're going to talk about. We're going to go into programmings, uh, programming, uh, training packages and team environment. They're going to be our biggest three topics that we're going to cover off today's session, man. So let's get stuck in. So in terms of programming and templates, man, like what's your, um, give us a rundown on how you've done that, like your experience with programming and like if someone's looking for like help with, they're struggling with their programming, like, and like, staying on top of their programming like do you have any advice for these guys to kind of help uh with that sort of stuff yeah definitely i think um the, the biggest things i see is, is trainers coaching clients how they like to train um and it's just it, it doesn't always work i mean you, if you get like sort of you know someone likes training sort of bodybuilding type of style they might then start training a beginner in that kind of method which is it's probably going to work but it's not it's, it's not the sort of a one method suits all and, and the same goes with like strength with uh, strength and strength training and powerlifting all that kind of stuff like it, it, i find it's very it's very as much as you should niche and specialize in something like it's i'm a pretty big believer that you need to have a bit of a bit of a, a good general knowledge in everything so you can actually help more people especially in a commercial setting because the reality is 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 you the, the majority of your leads are going to be coming through people that just walk into the gym and sales team are selling for you so um, you know, and, and more experienced trainers will, will start to branch out and market themselves to how they want and to the client they want. But if you can have a, a generalist type of approach, like you're going to be able to help more people. Um, so yeah, that's what I've found. And I think, um, yeah, just making sure they don't get caught up in their own, in their own way of training and, and what they like. It seems to be a sort of a lot of a constant thing with, with newer trainers, like, yeah, you've got to be able to take a step back and actually go, right, what does this client need? Um, for, for me personally, like I've found that pretty much everyone needs some kind of uh, posture, postural work in the beginning. Um, they need like a good, um, you know, they need like some kind of structural balance to their to their training so that they can build a nice strong foundation. Um, at the end of the day, that, that sort of prevents clients from getting, um, getting injured when you start to, to push them a lot harder. So, you know, like basic stuff like, core activation, glute activation, mobility, flexibility, that kind of stuff. Uh, creating all that before you start throwing barbells on people's backs. Um, you know, I always find that's probably a, probably a smart idea. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, yeah, where, where I would, um, what I've noticed in the industry the most. Yeah. I think I, um, and actually you just reminded me as well, when I was on your program, we did a lot of, um, I think that's the most I've ever done in terms of priming my body and mobility work and like actually like posturing stuff. Like I remember doing a lot of kind of um, movements that I never did before prior to my workouts. Like, and it yep. was like, it made a massive difference with my mobility and actual like functionality of my, my, my body and my movements. And, um, my squats went up easy, like all my lifts went up just because it was obviously the the right program was there, but also doing that because I never did that before, man. Like that was the biggest thing for me. Like I was one of those guys who just wanted to get jacked, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just want to <laughs> yeah. go in there and do like bench press and get some arms going and stuff like that. But like, man, like warming up was just never in my, like on the menu. <laughs> it was like yeah. never on the menu. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> and as you get older, you start to you start to get all these niggles in weird spots, and you go, "Fuck! I wish I had a, I wish I had to listen to someone and actually done that kind of type of stuff before my workouts when I was, you know, younger and you know had a monster ego that I needed to fulfill and all that kind of stuff." <laughs> so it's like, yeah, always looking back, I had a had a not gone, you know, nah, nah, I don't need mobility, I don't need all that, that stuff. Just give me a barbell and a, I'll, I'll make it happen. Like, but um, I mean, it's even now. I think what was it, four or five years I trained you? It's even it's even more now. Like it's like the first 10, 15 minutes of a workout is like, you know, if we're doing lower body, it's, it's two or three core activation exercises. Um, and then followed by two or three glute activation exercises so that everything's sort of, you know, primed and ready to go. Um, you know, I, I, when I first started out, I was probably like most, most people that can jump into the industry that the bodybuilding type style, high rep pump, that kind of stuff, you know, sort of a late teenager slash early twenties. That's pretty much all you want. Um, and then sort of as I got bored of that, went to strength training and strength training was where I hurt my back and bulged three, three discs. So that was like a, hang on, I can't, I can't train like this. Like I'm 24 and I've got three bulging discs and can't get out of bed, you know, like it's, um, it's not a good scenario to face, but you know, I was fortunate enough with that. I got to learn from, um, Andrew Locke, who, who, who comes to WA quite a bit now, which is good. Um, but he taught me basically how to rehab a, a lot of a disc bulge in the back and that's been, something I've, the stuff he's taught me, I've, I've just, you know, I, I implement that with everyone now because I think, you know, it's like something like 84% of people in their lifetime will have a, a lower back injury. And then of that 84%, 96% of them are like are likely to have it reoccurring more than once. So it's like, I mean, and, and you can just think of the people that you know, right? Like everyone has had a bad back at some point. So it's like, you know, suddenly, suddenly lifting, you know, a couple of hundred kilos in your back, for Instagram is not as important as, you know, being able to tie your shoelaces up. So, <laughs> so I, um, I, uh, yeah, so I implement that with all, all people that come through now because it's just, um, you know, not, not, not being in pain is, is a massive thing. Yeah. I, and I also going back to the, the programmings and stuff like that and removing the, the favorites, like, as in like, if I'm really interested in CrossFit, like, I'm not going to program CrossFit for every one of my clients. Or if I'm a powerlifter, like I sh like depending on what their goals are as well, like you got to remove yourself from the equation and you just got to deliver something what the client needs. So you see that quite often, hey? Absolutely, yeah. And and you know, like I've I've done a, done a bit of CrossFit over the last sort of twelve months. I dabbled in that. So you know, I never thought I would be doing that three, three or four years ago. You know, like you have you have this sort of um you put this wall up when it's not something that you like or are used to and then it just completely removes you from being able to help so many people because there's going to be something in every different type of training method that you can you can pull out and throw into the program somewhere or you know it's just yeah you're really selling yourself short by not you know being open to that kind of thing 100 percent, man i think um speaking of crossfit like i think I, I i do it like on and off depending on what i'm training for but i like to um I've done CrossFit for, I did it for a few years and that was good. But like I, I what I did was I, for me and my training, man, like I take principles off of out of everywhere, like strength training, like hypertrophy, CrossFit, metabolic conditioning, like hit training, you know, like, you know, mixed martial arts. And I kind of like take little bits of like everything and implement it into myself. And that's probably why I've had so many fucking injuries. But like, <laughs> 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 so like, I'm not, I'm not standing here saying, Oh yeah, my fucking, my way is the truth. Cause it's definitely not. But um, I think like, and that's because I just get so bored. I get so fucking yeah, bored yeah. so easy. You know what I mean? Is that, why did yeah. you join CrossFit like lately? Is that because like you were trying something new or? Yeah, I sort of, 
as lockdown was sort of ending last year, like that was, um, you know, around June-ish. And at that point in time, you could only do group fitness. Like it was like, what, 20 oh, in a class yeah. or something like that. So I thought, no, nah, I've got to, I can't be doing these home workouts anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so now nah, I'm going to sign up. Um, and one of my mates, Chris, he, he goes, was going to a CrossFit gym. Um, it had been for a few years. So I just thought, no, nah, I'm going to go down and give it a whirl. And, and yeah, wow. Like, you know, you spend, it's an hour class and then you spend, you know, it's only 20 minutes working, but like it's the most you ever, ever work. So it just, not that I hadn't done any, anything like that before. It was just a really, um, just gave me a newfound respect for that, um, that's that sport. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I put that in a lot of people's stuff now and it's, um, yeah, highly beneficial if done, done correctly. You, um, yeah, hundred percent. I noticed like if I'm training for something, like if I had a, like a couple of months ago, I had an event, like a fitness event and I was like, cool. I just literally need to get blasted. And the good thing about like CrossFit is you're in this environment where like, I'm dude, I push 10 times harder when I know there's a male next to me doing the same <laughs> fucking workout. <bro. laughs> there's, this, there's this competitiveness yeah. in me where I'm just like, cool. Like you give me a workout by myself in my garage. Cause I'm training in my garage now. And you know, yeah. I'll go like 80, 90% and I'll kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hit the gas tank. But like, if there's a male next to me, like fuck, even a female, man, if a female's beating me, bro, I'm going to get fired up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so like oh, most of that money is literally just going to say for someone to work out next to me so i know i'm going to push hard but i man lately dude like i've literally just been my training routine lately bro has been lifting three times a week and walking ten thousand steps every day and i feel fucking good man i feel yeah i I saw that it's funny funny i saw you like you doing that because i probably for the last six months with my training like it's been real like i'll have a good week and then i'll have a really like weak week you know like i'm like going to training i'm tired i'm not i'm lifting 20 or 30 percent less i'm like Right, so tie up nutrition, cast still happening. Like it's like, what's going on? And the only thing that is was consistent, it was that I was training like literally every day, and it was like, okay, well, why did why did I not? It's the most obvious thing. Like so, I've, I've same with me, same with you. I've dialed back in the last you know week or two and just focus on you know four heavy-ish sessions, and then you know if, if I'm not doing walking, it's like you know just a 15, 15 minute circuit after one of like two of the workouts. And then just focusing on rest more and yeah, I feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think like, it's good to have like, I don't, I know for a fact, I'm not going to be doing this for a long period of time, but like literally dude, they got to a point, man, when I was just early Arv- Arvos, man, I was like, I'm ready for bed, dude. Like I am so yeah. tired right now. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> it's the, it's, it's crazy. Cause you're trying to run a business at the same time. And it's like, bro, like I, my, my workout should be supplementing my goals like not yeah, kind of yeah. like removing the energy. So that's when I was like, man, I need to change something up. And then I started walking more like, and I was like, man, I feel fucking good. Like, obviously I'm going to increase the, I'm going to increase everything like later on when I get too bored of this, but man, I, like I thought it was going to be, I thought there wasn't going to be a difference, but I realized how much like training hard for like an hour to two hours a day really takes it out of you, man. Yeah. Massively. Thought. And it's a good opportunity to, to, yeah, use that time to, you know, dial the intensity right back and then focus on getting right posturally posturally i mean i don't i sit at the desk you know for four or five hours a day now like so it's like you just you're, it's a constant battle trying to maintain good posture like let alone trying to beat pbs you know like and when you're getting up at sort of you know what four five in the morning and you're not finishing you're not sitting down to relax till about 7 38 it's like you can only do that for so long 
you know, and then your sleep starts to suffer and it's just a, yeah, you, you got to pull it in at some point. hundred percent, man. Like I even, I went to my doctor and I was like, dude, like, is my, my blood's good? Like what's going on? Like, how's my iron? Like, how's my B12 or whatever? I don't know the fucking, this, the whatever was in your blood. And I was like, man, he's like, dude, like, he's like, what are you, how are you training? And I, was, I told him my, my, my split, I was like doing eight, nine sessions a week. And he was like, dude, like cut it back. And I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't believe him. I was like, nah, I can't be that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I was like, nah, there's something else, man. Surely there's something else. And then he was just like, just fucking dial it back, man. So even my doctor was telling me, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll try it out. But man, like it's crazy. So nah, if you're, um, cause like, he's like, dude, if you're trying to, like you're not a you're not a like an Olympic athlete, dude. He was like, you're not a professional athlete, man. So like, you know, yeah, you can do it, but like if you're running your own business and trying to like hit your other goals, bro, like you gotta think about like energy expenditure and stress, like stress in total, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and we're you know, I, I don't know how many years training, you got you know, what, 10 years training on your belt and, and so with me. Like, if that's us as advanced athlete, like well, consider myself an athlete on a good day, but um, you know, like <laughs> If um you know if, if that's what happens to us, so imagine what happens to the beginner that comes into the gym and you know they're just starting out and you know the, the whole idea of having a, having someone train more than sort of three or four times a week in the beginning for for longer than forty five minutes, like you know it, it's just not gonna they're gonna blow out like they're gonna just cave in after four weeks if if that so yeah it's just a um a good reminder that it's not always about sort of like you know smashing yourself balls to the wall all the time. No, hundred percent. I mean, obviously going back to your, your programming, like principles at the same time as like removing yourself and seeing what's, what your client needs and just giving them what they need rather than you just telling them, Hey, like I enjoy this, you should do it. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I mean, that's probably a challenge I, I would say to anyone that is sort of like a starting out as a, even if you're in a bit of a rut with your, or a bit of a sort of, you're doing the same thing all the time. Like, you know, it might be time to just try something else, um, not just for you, but for the benefit of your clients, because, you know, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're going to be in the industry for a long time, you, you want to have many sort of strings to your bow. 100%, bro. Well, let's get stuck into training um, packages, man. So if like guys are starting out, like what should the packages look like? Or like, I don't know if you want to tell them the packages, but like, what should they be thinking about when they want to start looking at designing their own packages, bro? Well, I guess one of the one of the things I'm massive on is, is, is packaging up your training. So, um, to, to give a bit of context, when I first started out of the out of the uh, out of the ROF, I came in trying to at Good Luck River Lake, and I was doing the the standard sort of fifty bucks a half hour type type thing and selling, you know, two or three times a week or whatever it was. At the time, had no had no contract as well, so you know, I remember I was like four or five weeks in. I got up to sort of 12 sessions and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm flying. This is easy. Um, and then, you know, I got the Monday morning text from two or three clients who were young, been out in the weekend and, oh shit, can't afford, can't afford it anymore. And, and lost like, you know, six or seven sessions in, in a day. So it was like, right, I need to do this a bit better because I'm not going to last in the industry if I do this. Um, so yeah, so packaging up your training. So figuring out what it is. I'm big on having a, a minimum, minimum term. So for me, it's always been 12 weeks. Um, a, a lot of a lot of guys when they first come out, they're like, "Oh, but I don't want to lock a trainer, in, uh, lock a, a person into anything." And I'm like, "Well, how are you going to guarantee any kind of result?" You know. So when they say, oh, "I don't want to lock someone into something," what I, what I hear is, oh, "I'm not confident in my own ability to deliver some kind of result to this client, so I'm not going to lock them in." But if you lock them in and get them in for 12 weeks, you can package up your training, you can charge more per session, 
you can um, you, know, you can sell upfront. So you're, you're no longer selling 50 bucks, 100 bucks a week. You're selling three or four, five grand upfront. So it's like, it's just probably the smarter way to go about it. So whenever a trainer comes or comes on on board where I am, like I'll, we sit down and we sort of go, right, well, what, what can we, you know, what can we sort of, how can we package up your, um, your business and what you're offering to be able to create that value so you are, you know, you're charging for a premium service. So, you know, for me, it's like I only do hour sessions. You know, nutrition, nutrition's a part of it. So we, you know, have regular weekly check-ins with nutrition. Um, skin folds as well. Skin folds, skin folds weekly or fortnightly. So we can, we're tracking progress. Um, all my clients get a training program as well, um, which changes every four, every four weeks. So you know, there's 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 so many level things of um, you know of, of value that I'm giving to the client that can they can take away, um, which makes that makes what I'm offering seem so much more valuable. So I'm big on setting up that up at the start, and then you know from there teaching the sales skills to be able to actually sell it. So um, they're they're the, probably the biggest mistakes that I see when when trainers come out is that they have no idea of what they're going to charge per session, what they're going to offer, you know, what the going rate for PT is. Um, and just yeah, they, they sort of they can't sell it because they just don't know what their what their packaging is. What, what yeah, so I guess like looking at that minimum term is going to be awesome because like you said, like it takes time to get results, right? Like yes, yeah. and it's going to be like and showcasing that is going to get someone committed to kind of commit to that twelve weeks rather than just like oh like I'll give it a shot for a couple of weeks and see how we go. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean and. The commitment level you're going to get from someone who's doing who's just paid for 36 48 sessions up front and they're going to do three or four times a week for the next 12 weeks yeah the commitment level you get from that kind of client and you get from someone who's just signed up for you know 50 bucks 100 bucks a week you know no cancellation period no lock-in you know they're just gonna they're going through the motions like it's gonna it's gonna end up frustrating you as a trainer you know, you, because you're going to want to get them results, but your whole, your business system is not set up to get that person result. So yeah, that's, it's definitely something that, that doesn't get, get taught at that previous level. Yeah. I love, I love that man. Having that minimum term in there to kind of get them committed and also show you, um, show them that like your, your service is legit and Hey, like, this is what, this is who we're looking for to join up on our program. Like, if you fit the mold, you fit the mold. If you're looking for a quick fix and just like a, a minimum investment kind of one week in, one week out kind of thing, you're not the right person for us. Like that's kind of what you want to present as. Um, so yeah, absolutely. talk to us a little bit about, because with your experience now, because obviously you manage a lot of personal trainers, you obviously mentor personal trainers, you do a lot of stuff in terms of like the mentoring side of things and managing personal trainers. So how do you like for any gym owners out there or any managers out there like who ha who manage in an environment? How do you keep and maintain a healthy team environment and a motivated environment? Because that's the biggest thing, right? Like hiring people and pe keeping people motivated is the hardest thing. Like it's so tricky. So how do you do it? And yep. do you have any strategies for us? Um, I was just thinking about this before, actually. Like it's 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 always um it's it's funny when you sort of get it sort of working well. You kind of like you don't feel like you're doing a lot, but um, yeah, I guess it's taken a few years to get it to that point, but probably the biggest thing I, I, I felt was, I guess, just giving, um, you know, giving, giving the guys a belief that they can do it. And I give them the belief that they can do it by doing it myself. So it's like, I'm not sitting there dictating and going, you know, do this, or you're going to fail or, or, you know, your way's wrong or whatever. Like it always be in the, in the sense of like, you could, you could do it. You could do it like that. You could do it your way. Here's what I do. You know, Feel free to 
implement it. If you don't, no drama. So I, I always try and um, yeah, lead, lead by example um, and just sort of, I guess, encourage them to take ownership for the, for the things that they want to work on and the things they, they need to learn. Um, they're probably the biggest things. Um, collaboration as well empowering empowering the guys to be able to make their own decisions and, and take on things that you know i think are going to be a benefit to them um yeah they're probably 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 the main ones um it, it's kind of a bit different when you're sort of managing a gym where like all of them are subcontractors versus if they're employees um because in my role it's like cool here's how i would do it you don't have to like you know like you, you can run your, your show however you want um when, and there's kind of a there's kind of a power to that as well because you can go cool here you go you're not attached to it if it fails you come back and go well you know all right let's try it. let's try the other way let's see if it works whereas if you're a business owner it's kind of like it's a little bit different it's 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 a, a fair bit more responsibility I guess but um, I, I think the principles would be the same I mean you know, it was the same when I had a couple of apprentices it was like you know are you like you're still sort of instilling that same thing you're you're, you're giving them confidence in your system. You're giving them the belief that you you trust their ability to to deliver those sessions. I think that was probably the biggest thing when I first had an apprentice was um was actually letting go of that like oh, I need to be doing everything. I need to be training this client. I need to be skin folding them. I need to be doing nutrition with them. I still remember that exact moment with with my previous apprentice. Kind of like it was like you know it was like a really high paying client who <laughs> who ended up you know staying on board for a long time. I remember handing him straight over straight over to him after I'd sold him and going, right, <laughs> you're up. Like, so, you know, I could have gone completely sits up. Like, and then, you know, credit to, credit to, to Connor. I mean, great trainer now, you know him obviously. And he, he sort of followed a similar path. And it's, it was just, so, yeah, it was a really sort of pivotal point in, in managing, you know, managing someone. You, you've really got to take that step back and let, let go. Um, otherwise you do, you end up down running yourself into the ground and you're never being able to grow past that point. Oh, dude, like you're, you're, you're speaking so much truth right now because I think like that's a lot of biggest thing that I, even in my industry, right? Like video production, like a lot of guys um, in the at creative arts, PTs, it doesn't matter if you're running your show, you could be a lawnmower, it could be a brickie, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. And if you kind of get really good at one thing, like any sort of business, any sort of art and craft, and then you get you grow your business to a certain level that you need to take on someone else and like they have to do the work for you that that like detachment of shit i got to give this person the role that people trust me in do i trust this person to kind of do the same quality like that is a problem i think everyone faces and kind of in my opinion i got out of my way really quick i learned even before i had someone like working under me like when i was by myself I was constantly reading and learning books around, okay, guys, like entrepreneurs was always saying that you need to be able to delegate. You can delegate. So like I was convincing myself before I even had someone under me, like shit. Okay. So when I do offload my work, I can't be like fickle. I can't be like, no one's going to be able to do it perfect. So like I was getting all of this good information before. So when I finally was able to branch out and grow my team, like I didn't have that like fear of, passing the baton you know what i mean because yep. i yeah, was like cool yeah. like have i trained this person correctly yes have i done everything in my power to make sure that nothing goes wrong yes so if if something does go wrong like 
I didn't see it. Cool. Well, we can grow past it. Like there's always going to be an opportunity to grow past it. So I think like a lot of people, like if they get to that stage, if you haven't got to that stage, just know that that's going to come. And when it does come, you got to be confident in yourself and training ability, because obviously if you don't train someone and you don't set up the correct systems, it's going to fail. <laughs> like you got to do, you got to do yeah. the diligence yeah, yeah. at the start. Yeah, exactly. And that, that all comes down to having the right business structure and business model in the, in the beginning. And yeah, look, I mean, that's just being able to let go. I mean, I, I remember when I was like doing one-on-one and then bought, and when I bought Connor on, I, I was a perfectionist. Like everything had to be perfect before I did anything. And it was like, sooner or later, I realized that nothing gets done. Like, so you have to, you have to let go of that. Everything needed to be perfect, like you said. And you know, giving responsibility to your staff and, and letting them letting them fail, like you know, um, you know, letting them make mistakes, and because and, that's where they're going to do the most learning, right? So if you're always babying them through each step and then taking over halfway through, like you, you're not, you know, your business is never going to be able to run without you. You're never going to have a holiday again. So it's like I think someone once once I can't remember who it was that once said to me like, you know, if you if you didn't go into your into your business tomorrow, or if you died tomorrow, would your business still be running? And if the answer is no, well, it's like you don't have a business; you have a an expensive hobby. So it's like that's then that has there's always sort of that quote's always rung through me. So as I've sort of gone over the over the years now, like it's like yeah, I used to have a real um, like I used to guilt myself a lot when I used to delegate stuff. I used to think, nah, you know, this is stuff I as a business owner should be doing. You know, it's like well, no, like the more you can get off and, and get someone else doing the more they're probably the more you can pay them so the more they're going to likely to stay longer um but the other stuff you can start branching out and doing all this kind of other stuff and, and growing the business you know you've got to be able to have that time to grow the business and not get caught you know running in the business you know oh man like as of late dude like over the last maybe six months i've really started like growing my network to like the next tier level like the people who are like multi-millionaires and like doing like really cool shit with their own companies in perth and i'm like the more people I hang out who's hit that like multi-million dollar status, it's like they do fuck all in the business. And it's like, you look at every single one of them and they're just like, yep, delegate, delegate, delegate. And they're just like literally looking at the, the bigger picture. Like all they do is think about ideas. Obviously some people might be different, but I mean, there is one exception, which is like Cam from Raw Fitness. Like. <laughs> I love that guy, but fuck, man, he he can't say off the tools. He loves the tools. <laughs> I remember oh, like yeah. working, I working for him, man, and I'm like, fuck, like this guy loves it, man. He just loves just getting loves it, yeah. getting his hands dirty. I'm like, honestly, bro, like he could just be a bricklayer and he would love it, and but he's running like a multi million dollar empire. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but apart from him, like everyone else that I know, like is outsourcing and looking at that bigger picture. And just because obviously like um, Cam, like um, he does, that doesn't mean that like Amanda, his wife, like she's the bigger picture person as well. So it's like, there's always yeah. a team under it. So like having that understanding of cool, like I don't want to create a job for myself. Like, cause at the end of the day, that's what it is. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. I'm really wary of that these days. I'm like, yeah, it's gotta be, gotta be really worth it. Like, you know, like it has to, has to be a fuck. Yeah. Otherwise I'm like, no, nah. Like I might even be slightly interested and be like, oh, that'd be cool. But if it's not like a, yeah, I'm absolutely want to do it. Like, no, like I just can't, like time is precious. You know, like it's, yeah. I've had to be really careful with that probably in the last couple of years because full-time study and obviously running or doing doing sort of what I'm doing. It's, it's yeah, you gotta be really particular with it. 
yeah, you got a lot of stuff on your plate, man. And obviously like uni, your own business, your mentoring clients, your like the role that you're in. And then now you're also, oh, probably shouldn't say that just because, um, but anyway, <laughs> what I was going to say was, um, um, yeah, not building a, a job for yourself. And I think like, that's the biggest thing is because honestly, man, like it got to a point with me where I was like, okay, cool. I'm either going to launch this business and we're going to go fucking full pelt. And I'm going to hire people. I'm going to get people on board or I'm just going to get, go get a job because it's way easier having a job and like making good money, (laughs) being really good at a job. Like say, for example, sales, right? I could easily go into a sales role to make a hundred, 200 grand a year. But it's like the reason why I'm doing my own business is because I want to build a legacy. I want to build something where, you know, I can create jobs. That's my purpose and having that purpose. And that's, what's going to drive me through. So I guess like same with you, right? Like you, you, you spend a lot of time mentoring people. It's probably because you get a lot out of it, right? Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's the part of it. I enjoy the most these days. Like it's, 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 it's really cool to be able to sit down with someone who's uh, you know, just come out, just come out of an RTO, doesn't even know what, you know, what they're doing or where to go. They're, they're you, know, you mentioned that they're, that they're going to be paying rent in the gym and they, you know, most of them freak out. And it's like being able to get them from that freak out point to, you know, where they, they're scared of paying you know, 250, 300 bucks a week rent or whatever it is to like, you know, being five or six weeks in, 10 or 15 sessions in and, you know, like getting to get like building up and getting to where they want to like the, the, the dream of why they actually started doing PT. That's definitely the most um, satisfying thing because that was one of the other drivers of getting into, into managing PTs was like, I could just saw it. Like there was this real patch. It's come good in the last couple of years, but there's probably a, a good sort of five year patch where like, I mean, most people were doing an, doing like a cert three and cert four and, and either not using it or failing within the first 12 months. And it's like, this industry is, is this, this is wrong. Like this can't be happening. Like, cause I remember when I first took the leap and, and started studying my cert three and four. And it was like, you just have this like real passion to help someone. And you have this dream of like, you know, being able to wake up and have a, having a really positive effect on people's lives. And then, you know, their dreams get crushed because they just don't have the right info when they come out. And it's like, yeah, no, that was, that was, you know, so that, yeah, that's definitely probably the part that I like. Um, you'll like the most and, and get the most out of these days. They're like, um, what's the statistic, right? For how many people fail in the first year of PT? I still think it is about 85%. 85%, yeah. right? So, man, it was so yeah. funny, bro. Like, the second time I ever did a presentation with Fit College, like, and I dropped that statistic. <laughs> <laughs> and they all fucking, oh, yeah. they all like, looked like they saw a dead body man they looked at their instructor and i was like fuck i shouldn't have said that but like i was trying to i was trying to like get them to like i was trying to wake them up saying hey guys like you know let's fire up we got to like be successful you know we, we got to know how to do lead generation you know how sales you know without this shit like you're gonna fail you know the failure rate is 85 percent in the first year and now we were just like <gasps> and then we just like looked at the instructor and i was like oh like i probably shouldn't have fucking said that Oops. but <laughs> like, but it's true right so why do you think people why do you think this, the failure rate in the first year is so high? Um, I think people like when they when they've come out, like they, they expect it to be easy. Like oh, when I first sit down with someone who's, who's come out, or they come in and they do their shadowing hours, and you know, we sort of do that. It's like, like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like there's a lot of work to this. Like it's like starting any other business, right? Like 
it's going to be, it can, there's going to be a period of time where you're not earning any, like, you know, much, if any, any money at all. Um, but that's the, that's the part you've got to sort of grind through. Like it's, um, yeah, the, the, there's definitely sort of like what you need to know, like that you get taught at, the, at those at the RTOs. And there's, there's definitely a gap still between, um, you know, the systems that they need to use that are successful, that, that people run in the gym as, as PTs, as successful PTs. Um, so there's definitely still a gap there. It is getting smaller because there's obviously a lot of people mentoring now and, you know, it's just, that's, you know, it's opened up another problem in itself to know who to go to and who's, you know, who's giving the right methods and things like that. Like it's kind of, that's, I guess that's the other, the, the ugly side of that is that people, you know, they're taking advantage and it's like, you know, it's just, I think it's like anything, you know, you're going to have problems with, with anything, but, um, you know, making sure they have that right, um, info when they get out is, is crucial like it's you know, having, having a good PT manager is, is the difference between trainers being successful or not like it's you know, it's the people that come out and do it try to do it by themselves you know it's like anything you're not going to walk into a, an airport and grab the keys to a plane and give it a crack you know like it's you need training like you know it's it's yeah it's, it's like anything hundred percent, dude. I think, um, man, when I was 16 years old, I remember like my auntie and my mum, because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? And like, I was fucking, I was hitting the gym, like, you know, five, six times a week. And like, they were seeing that I was loving it. And they're like, why don't you be a PT? And I was like, nah, that's for bums. You know, like you only, you only make 50 grand a year. I was like, I want to make more than that. And I was like, fuck, I wish I could go back now and tell me and slap myself in the face. Cause you can make some serious money doing PT. It's not even funny, man. Yeah, well, mate, this, I mean, I think that's probably what I like about the city is that you know you do have it, it is a bit more of a corporate clientele, um, but I mean it's not this trainers out there charging anywhere from sort of 100 150 bucks an hour like it's not uncommon. Um, when you do the math on that, you don't need to be doing more than sort of 20 sessions to be making seriously seriously good money. So yeah, it, it's about having the right the right system and and just implementing it. 100% dude. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on board and kind of running us through these uh, three kind of systems that we talked about. Um, where can someone find you? So you run mentoring as well, dude, like PT Mastery. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that and like where people can find you and kind of learn a little bit more about you and your service, bro. Yeah, so ptmastery.com.au. Um, so our website's currently sort of, yeah, it's going through a bit of uh, reconstruction, but that's pretty much where you can go. Otherwise, you can go to our Instagram page, um, which is the same thing, PT Mastery, um, or our Facebook page. Otherwise, you can directly contact myself or Chris, Chris Appleton, so he's who I run it with. Um, but that's all we aim to do is, is, is run um, you know, little, little sort of programs that sort of, whether it's four, eight, 12 weeks, you know, getting, getting PTs ready to jump into that, um, you know, that, that, that commercial setting. We are specifically commercial, so... It's, it's not about um, people that, it will still benefit everyone, but it is designed so people, so trainers coming out feel much more confident with, um, in their own ability to be able to, to walk into that setting. Um, so we, you know, we've run 12 week, um, 12 week programs in the past and you know, eight weeks and things like that. But yeah, that's pretty much what we offer. Otherwise one-on-one -on -one mentoring, um, and I can, I can definitely vouch for that, this service as well. Like I've seen the guys going in and like the stuff that they walk out with, bro. Like, and they just, I've seen these guys cause we did some videos together and like what you guys, what you, what you teach man is like, you know, the next level sort of stuff. So like, 
if you walk in, if you're, you're unsure about anything, you walk out fucking feeling a hundred percent confident. So like, I can definitely vouch for this guy's service, man. Yeah. I mean, when we aim to, we don't, we don't, everything that we recommend, we do ourselves in our own businesses. Like, it's like, it's not like you're getting, you know, a snippet of it. Like we, you're getting everything you're getting, how to, how to set up your, um, your packages, what to offer, what kind of nutrition info to give, how to do skin folds, um, you know, how to track your finances, how to run budgets, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, so you can, so you do walk out and go, right, I've got, you know, I've got all the tools to be able to succeed and then expand on. Love that dude. Well, I'll link all of your stuff um, below this podcast, but Mike, thank you so much for coming on board, man. I appreciate it. And it was good seeing you again. No worries, Luke. Thanks for the invite and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon.